It's everything Queensland footy. Good ball football from the Brisbane Lions. That's a big one for the Suns. This is Northern Exposure. It's time for Gather Round, and Gather Round wouldn't be complete in South Australia without an all-Queensland podcast, because that just makes sense. My name's Nick Fidel. I just stumble over my own name. I just stumble over my own name. Oh, it's creeping in. I'm shook. I'm shook. I'm not used to a whole weekend of footy in South Australia. My name's Nick Davis. I welcome Jack Fulham to what we call it Teamless Thursday, but due to my own sort of contractual obligations, we record it before the teams even come out. We can speculate. That's all good. Jacko, how are you, mate? Welcome to Gather Round. Uh, We're not in South I'm Australia really for good. it. I'm really good, Dale. How about we just pretend that we know what the teams are going to be named? Uh, yeah, Gary Ablett starting in the middle for the Gold Coast. Uh, big English. <laughs> I thought he was, I thought, I thought uh, he was playing for North Cairns. <laughs> Uh, he is actually, yeah, yeah going up, um, heading up to, no, not North Cairns. Uh, no, it's Central. a Tigers. Centrals, yeah, sorry, Centrals. Centrals, the Bulldogs. That's, yeah, that's up right. There in, that's right. League. Yeah, okay. It's I, a very competitive AFL league up there in Cairns. The amount of money that is in that league, I think mm. I think people don't realise. You know that there's always like so much floating around in country Victoria and you know almost six-figure salaries for coaches over there, but yeah. you forget how much money is loaded up in the north. It's all the Victorian expats have gone up there. And think about it, like even just for like a, an amateur footballer who may have played a bit of like, mm. you know, EDFL or something like that, if you're half decent and you can get yourself, you know, fly in fly out or just a bit of work up there oh, the club pa- trade, oh, yeah. what do you trade up there like you are leaving some crap victorian town to go live up there yeah, go live in port douglas oh gee that sounds tough doesn't mate. it yeah hey mate here you go come live in port douglas uh, train two nights a week play on the weekends and uh you know we got a job for it and you will pay you to play yes yeah not a bad deal yes yeah, so i'm deal. very excited now for um gary ablett to do his carpentry mm-hmm. apprenticeship <laughs> Time you did something, Gaz. Uh, uh, that's a Jesus joke. Oh, all those <laughs> good connection. Good connection. I, I, I didn't think we could do much more of that gear for another few months. Is that, is that not where you're going? With <laughs> Absolutely it? no. No, no, no. I wasn't. Not at all. So uh, well done. Well done to you. But yes, uh, gather around, and the teams will be out. Uh, I'd say relatively soon. Uh, big witty. Looks like he's set to miss for the Suns. Going to miss again. Yeah. Yes. So Ned Moyle gets his second game in the ruck for the Suns. And he was decent last week against St. Kilda. He had a good game against Rowan Marshall. Always going to be tough making a debut under those circumstances. But uh, look, Ned Moyle is going to have a bright future at the Suns. And they were they picked him up in the mid-season draft a couple of years ago. He's been biding his time at VFL level. And yeah, it'll be good to see them get some games into him because he, he will be a player for the future. And hopefully when Wits is ready that the Suns can do something that they haven't done for about four years, and that's play two Ruckman. Incredible. Yeah, he, uh, the fact that he's shouldered that load for that long is a, is yeah. a testament. Just, just He is built different, that man. Big witty. Yeah, he is. And it's. I think the Suns are starting to realise that the workload is not sustainable on him, um, that he he needs to have some form of uh, some form of backup. Because, uh, like, you see him at the end of pretty much every game. The, the man just runs himself to the point of exhaustion. And, you know, when... It, yeah, you know, when you're pretty much just two, you know, square city blocks <laughs> running around, that's uh, it's going to take a fair old toll on the body. And you know, just we saw him in that Geelong game at the end; he was just completely out on his feet. He rucked pretty much single-handedly the whole day. And yeah, after the game, you just see him walking off, going, "Mate, like it's no surprise that he it's basically taken him two weeks to get right." 
Yeah, well, we're going to see how uh, Big Ned's going to go at Norwood Oval tomorrow night. We'll, we'll get that televised through um, seven secondary channels at a, some bizarre time, 5.10 our time, I think it looks like. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really weird kickoff. Yeah, 5.10 Norwood Oval. Um, <laughs> Still feels so weird to not say. Exact, not exactly prime time uh, football, but, you know, hey, if the Adelaide office workers get off a little bit early and they blow off their pre-drinks, they can get in for the opening kickoff. Um, opening bounce. Jeez, I've been living in an NRL. Oh, town I know, right? It feels wrong. It feels wrong. I just say kickoff. Yeah, you did. You did oh. say kickoff. But that's uh, honestly, that's now part of that. Uh, we're talking about the Queensland oh. AFL experience up here, and you realise like annoyingly how much of NRL union vernacular slips in. Ooh, you say you say kickoff because you know, I, I, I is it first bounce? Is it the bounce? Bounce at? I I don't actually know. I've I've actually forgotten what it is. One of the other things about living up here is I, I have to say Jersey Me too. now every That's time. Exactly what I was so, going to go to. If you say Guernsey in front of a, a Queenslander, New South Wales from rugby league fan, they're like, it's a Jersey, mate. What, what's a Guernsey? They're different channel islands, not far apart from each other. And uh, one, exactly. has, one has sleeves, one. They can both exist. But you're right. It is yeah. maybe just the way you say it phonetically, it's easier just to say Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a few of those things really sneak in. I don't like it. I don't like it, but that's that's just part of the experience. It's like calling footy AFL. You just you yep. just start calling it that, and oh uh, well. Anyway, but back to the sheer weirdness of Fremantle taking on the Suns at Nord Oval again. I uh, still didn't get to see uh, no Suns uh, gather round kit, which I'm a bit annoyed about. Again, really excited to see the Dockers kit, um, but also Adelaide, Adelaide dropping yeah. their gather round. Oh. Oh, the the sinister crow with the again go on the stel- go on the stealth colours. That's now three uh, as we call them stealth kits. That was GWS leading the charge of the charcoal. Fremantle followed suit with the purple. Now Adelaide, that old school crow. I just okay, complete oh. tangent here. You see that old school crow? Who do you think of straight away? Mark Rashudo. See, I'm Mark Bickley. Yeah, Mark Rashudo murdering <laughs> Dean Kemp. <laughs> that's that's what I think that crow is off to do. <laughs> Like a bag it, of it, it is a murderous crow, and the new one—it's—it's it's part dinosaur. It's soft. I don't like it. it doesn't do much for me. Murder crow. Murder crow. Yeah, it was, it was there to start. Yeah. Bring, uh, part of retro round. Bring back old logos. Yeah. These new cobra lines and the paddle pop line—I I don't like it. Uh, Essendon's is—I'd oh. like to see them go back a little bit further. Old pies one. I—I I, I don't like the new ones. I don't like these corporate logos. The robot bulldog. Yeah. All of them. I want—I want them back. Uh, the Robo Bulldog can stay in the past. Like, no, you're not a Robo. You're not a Robo Bulldog man. Oh, see, when they switch, no, it's, when they it's switch deliciously, the... it's deliciously '90s. But I uh, just, it should stay there. Bring it out for retro round, of course, but it should stay no, there. Okay. Um, the old Saints logo, I is like. Is that like the, the stick, the stick figure one? Yes. Yes, another one yes. you're talking about. Yeah. That that is a class logo, and I think it's timeless. Uh, the Roaring Tiger that Richmond had was also a very good logo, and. Which is really funny now because, I've, for the listeners, I am a Richmond fan. Uh, before I go, what? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> sad. But the Roaring Tiger, I loved it. And when they changed it for the new sort of contemporary Roaring Tiger, I was so upset. I bloody hated that it. The tiger's a coward. But now, it's, a dom- now, it's a domesticated tiger. Now I cannot stand the Roaring Tiger because the Roaring Tiger stands for a period it's... of absolute mediocrity. And the new Roaring Tiger... Stands for premiership success, uh, and it's it's weird how you you look at things through a you know a historical gaze. Can't stand that 
can't stand the uh, the old logo anymore. I'll run you the same parallel. Geelong with the big headed cat. Yeah. Yep. And then their era of success, they update the logo and bang, 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 bang. Yep. Away they go. Away they go. Uh, which, again, we're, we've tangented off here, but look, this is such an important game for the Suns. So, and look, uh, Frio are feeling the same pressure, uh, you know, and they are copying over in the WA media, well, without a doubt. West Coast not firing well. Mm. The only game uh, that they did play well in is when West Coast were completely banged up and had no one left on the park. So they need this win just as much, maybe if not more than the Suns. So uh, d- I, despite being a 5-10 fixture on a Friday night at Norwood Oval, there's a lot mm. to play for here. Can I say something that's um, probably not going to reflect well on the Gold Coast, but we could very possibly see a 5-10 start on a Friday afternoon at Norwood Oval draw more for a Suns-Dockers game than if this was played at Metricon Stadium. Do we know? I'm just going to check out the capacity of Norwood Oval. So I know eight of the nine games are sellouts as we speak right now. Now, Norwood Oval, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Norwood play in the Sandfall, a very, very historic team. Um, but uh, one, I think one half of the ground is like a brick wall. Uh, record attendance is 20,000 capacity, fi- capacity, 15,000. What are we way back in the day? Yeah. I'd say way back in the day, if it was sample fix, just something like that. Um, but what are we thinking? What are we thinking when it comes to, um, capacity? Are we talking both or just for the Gold Coast? Cause if it's just at Carrara, then or at Heritage Bank, then yeah, this will beat it. Look, I'm uh, I'm just going through AFL tables as we speak. So we I know I, I know you've got that homepage. That's a, <laughs> you have to keep looking up. I'll I'll keep going. But you know, all right. The last okay, the last three Gold Coast versus Dockers crowd at Metricon Stadium or Heritage Bank as it's called now. Okay, give me. Uh, I, I just want five. I just want five figures. I'm I'm praying for five figures here. All right, 20, uh, 2021, 6,136. Damn it. 2020, 5,106. COVID-affected season? No. COVID-affected season, of course. 2019, 10,119. Yes! That's right, five figures, Suns fans. And 2016, 8,933. I don't know. Look, there's a fair chance that Norwood's going to draw a bigger (laughs) crowd for a Dockers-Suns game than... Uh, then Metricon would have. So come on, Norwood. Get Norwood locals. Get behind the Suns here. You hate Western Australia as it is. You wear the same colour socks, the red legs as the Suns. Get behind them because yeah. I mean, look, we know on, we know there's going to be a lot of travelling fans uh, from all t- all clubs uh, to this. Apart from the Suns. Apart from the Suns, and, and let's be honest here. Well. <laughs> Were we expecting them to travel? Like, you know, I know. Well, I know honestly, I, we I feel like the- we would have traveled, but uh, look, we both work in the world of radio and those wages are not conducive to buying airfares to Adelaide at the moment. Of course they're not. Of course they're not. So, yeah. um, Jacko, um, how did the Suns win this one? I, I think if the Suns display the ferocity and the, the appetite for the contest that they did against Geelong, they could win this football game very easily. We know Frio um, taking a few steps back from last year, and they're both similar sides. Like their their ball movement can be slower at times. Um, they're teams that both have very good inside midfielders, so the battle at the coal phase is going to be good. I think if uh, if Ben King can stand up and have a good game and and start to put together some form and kick two or three goals, I think it is going to be a low scoring game. That I think the team the, the team that is the first to seventy will win that game. Wow. Yeah, are you, are you expecting quite slow football. Do you reckon that will, will the Dockers sort of go slow 
uh, yeah, there's, there's cut, chance, cut into there's the Suns. Yeah, I, I do, and I think it'll be uh, yeah quite a stagnant game. Um, lots of lots of safe ball movement, and it's it's almost gonna it's gonna be like when you see in in football where it's two teams that don't want to lose more than they want to win, and I think that we're gonna see that, and it's gonna be a, a quite a quite a bit of a slugfest. Uh, not to mention that the weather in Adelaide for the course of Magic Round isn't going to be fantastic. So it's going to be windy, it's going to be cold, and probably you're going to see some rain at times. So uh, I think that that actually favours the Suns. They're used to greasy conditions. You know, Metricon Stadium, the breeze is actually quite unpredictable. So I think that plays into their hands where the Dockers, they train on a usually pretty dry paddock over there in, in WA and aren't the greatest wet weather team. They copped some criticism last year for their wet weather performances. So... I reckon the Suns can win this one. It's a it's a big game, and pretty much you you draw a line through uh, the losers' finals hopes. I'll ask you finally, and we'll go into it a little bit later. Uh, who it's a big week for our first recurring segment of the year. We finally, we finally got one up. Um, who needs to stand up? One player that needs to stand up for the Suns this week. Well, I mentioned him before, Ben King. Uh, this will be his fifth match back. Um, in the AFL from a knee Rico. And yes, we know he's a key forward. It's going to take some time, but he hasn't shown a hell of a lot. We know the talent and potential that he has and he needs to he needs to stand up and at least kick three goals. If Ben King th- kicks three goals, the Suns will win. I see, Jake, you heard I see Jay Clark reporting in the Herald Sun that the Pies are not ruling out trying to get their hands on Ben King. Now, we've been in media for a very long time. We know that's just pure no. speculation. It means nothing. He re-signed the other day. Yeah, sure, they could give him a godfather offer, but it's probably not the thing to worry about right now. <laughs> the Gold Coast Suns well, like, just need to focus on winning the games. The thing that really annoys me about that, and and obviously Jay Clark has a obligation to you know to write what he hears and you know that kind of stuff gets clicks it gets interest but you're talking about a bloke that's signed to the end of 2024 just last year like, like not not long ago yeah like uh, to be honest the i believe the window for talking about ben king's future <laughs> starts at the start of next year yeah like january 1 2024 bl- jay clark bloody go for it yeah morat- moratorium talking, for now but we're talking almost we're almost two years out we're almost two two full seasons away from Ben King being able to move clubs, and, and it, I just I find it ridiculous. Yeah. I really do, and and I think it takes some of the shine off. You know, we, we should be concentrating on the footy. We we've got eighteen teams running around on the weekend. We got gather around that. Like I feel like there's so many more important issues, and this will become an important issue down the track. Don't get me wrong, but it's not important now. Also, it's the best of two seasons of football away. Also, it's round five. How how are we possibly talking about player movement right now? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, apologies to Jay Clark. Oh, we love Jay Clark. I do, I, I do love Jay Clark. I think he's a great journo, but, um, and it wasn't actually a shot at him. It's just, I think it's annoying. No. I, I, I think it takes some gloss off. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's more of a wider conversation. Uh, look, for me, uh, play that really needs to stand up. It's a split between two. It's Joel Jeffrey and Malcolm Roses. It's, it's a small forwards. They just had a very, very quiet game against St Kilda and yeah. need to hit the scoreboard yeah. because as more conversation continues, like, again, uh, and the media find hype up Isaac Rankin. He is absolutely killing it. But it does yeah. then really shine a light on the Gold Coast small forwards and how much they do have to do in Rankin's absence. Yeah. Yeah. 
it is great to see Isaac doing so oh, well yeah. with the Crows. Though. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, and again, I, I I would love to see him turn it on tonight against yeah. uh, against Carlton. I, that's going to be a ripper of a game. It's going to be sensational. I, I cannot wait to watch that. But um, yeah, it just it just sucks. I, just, I miss him. Yeah. No, I I miss him too. But he's it looks like he is in uh, such a happy place at the moment. Oh, yeah. He's happy back home. He's happy with his football. And between him and Joshua Shelley, they would have to be close to the the most exciting duo in the AFL at the moment. I they're, they're actually becoming box office watching. Um, I was just in awe of them. What uh, in the game against Freo? Just they they cut the the Freo halfbacks to absolute treads, and it was just brilliant to watch. I loved it. Very good to see. Very good to see. Well, now moving down to Mount Barker Oval Saturday afternoon, where the Lions take on the Roos. Uh, look, North Melbourne have been have been spirited this year. I, I don't expect them to challenge too greatly, the Lions. But look, it, it does depend on whether the Lions can travel this year, whether they can make sure yeah. that they turn up and play four quarters of really solid football away from home. I, I don't want that to be the narrative, but currently that's where, what it sits at. It's going to be interesting. You have the Chris Fagan versus Alistair Clarkson. Uh, you know... Th- had a lot of success for, uh, together at Hawthorne. Those two, the Lions, I think, will will win this one. And I think they'll win it quite comfortably. North, we've seen under Clarkson, they're going to be a plucky team. They're going to make the Lions earn it. But I think the Lions, more, more so we had one week in round one against Port Adelaide where the effort wasn't there. And there may have been a little bit of complacency after all the hype of the off-season. Rounds two, they beat Melbourne. Amazing performance. Round three, it was full of effort. They just couldn't get the job done against the doggies. Uh, the effort, the application was there. The consistent, or like the, you know, the connection amongst the team was not. Then we saw against Collingwood, attitude great, connection great, effort great. They had a great win. So I think that they're going to be switched on from the uh, from the opening bounce. We know Mount Barker. We've uh, had an update on the conditions there. Saturday, it is going to be very, very cold. It's going to be wet. Uh, it was funny. There was the, uh, I think she's the GM of the Mount Barker Football Club. Great. Was interviewed on Fox Sports. Is it a football and netball club as well? No, okay. it's just a football okay. club. It's a football club, but she was interviewed and she said, oh, it's going to be cold. It's going to be wet. If you're sitting on this side of the ground and it starts drizzling, you're going to have no hope of seeing over the other side of the ground. Um, don't try and bother kicking a goal from the dead pocket because you're no chance. I'm like, geez. Tourism lady, South Australia. Nothing. Are you listening? Sign this woman up. <laughs> you are making this sound like, uh, wow, like an absolute paradise. But it, the Lions. If it's a little bit we- cold around the edges of the field, you can just pour some fire and petrol into these 44-gallon drums. No, no, don't use those barrels. We we, we use those for other things. <laughs> Oh, 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 risky territories there. Yeah, well, if you're going to hold a whole weekend in, in Adelaide and South Australia, it's going to come their way. It's going to come their way. I know it's their history, but you've got to deal with it. Yeah. And uh, congratulations to us. A little pat on the back for us for uh, being the first football podcast to make a bodies in the barrel joke, at least this year. Oh, at least this week. I, I've been listening around and I haven't heard any of them. So, uh, look, there's, there's a few other podcasts we need to put on notice. All right. Um, I will say about the Lions, we've seen in the last few years, they've played a couple games in Tassie. They've been to Ballarat. 
So they're going to know what to expect with the the cold and wet conditions. And I think that that experience, especially playing down in Ballarat, which is a uh, godforsaken place. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Mars Ma- 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 Stadium is correct. It, it is. It's, yep. a, it's, a, it's a different world out there. Did you ever go there on a school camp? I did. Uh, my grandfather used to live about twenty five kilometres away uh, from Ballarat. Not far had a enough farm out there, and we used to spend uh, all our school holidays wishing we could return to Melbourne. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, to be honest, it was pretty good out there at Granddad's farm. Um, you know, he let us drive cars around without a seatbelt and, um, you know, just They're do other still doing it fun. there to this day. They are. Um, so, you know, TAC, do better because <laughs> the people... <laughs> but, um, no, nah, Ballarat, Ballarat is a good town, but it's it's one of those weird places. And Kazali's, the ground of Kazali's in Cairns mm. is exactly the same where it's like, you go 200 metres either side of the ground, not much wind. Middle of that ground, like Mars Stadium, middle of the Kazali Stadium, it's like a goddamn wind tunnel. Um, it's a hurricane blowing across the ground. Is that because they somehow uh, just set up grandstands either side so it actually creates a wind tunnel? I, I honestly don't know what it is. Uh, and it's almost as though that, you know, the forefathers of these footy clubs have gone, this is a really windy place. This is going to be great to play football. Let's. Let's just bang a stadium right here. Yeah, tell the captain to kick with the breeze in the first quarter. We should be okay. Oh, it goes across the ground. You idiot. Mm. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, Trent Cochin, um, speaking of returning uh, to Adelaide. Uh, remember when he kicked against the breeze oh in that final? Oh, my God. As a young Richmond fan, you would have yeah. been so hopeful coming to that game. What, nine wins in a row? And then you go and do that. Yeah, I actually was living in the Northern Territory at the time, and I travelled down to Adelaide for it, and it was... Um, this this massive weight of you you there was this like overwhelming tidal wave of you know destiny where we actually uh, it honestly felt like the 2016 doggies. Oh, there was like, belief. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was oh, like the so that was like the prescript to the doggies. Like Richmond just didn't yeah. get it right that time, but same thing. And and you know what it felt like, you know, like that scene in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark where the Arab guy comes out with the swords and he's like swinging them around. That was Richmond, and then. Port Adelaide's Indiana Jones and just went bang and blew him away. And you're just like, ah, that's so, that really so, so great, great story. Complete side topic from what we actually talk about on this <laughs> podcast. But so on that very scene, so the reason that it went like that, there was actually supposed to be more of a scripted fight, but Harrison Ford had food poisoning that day and just was not prepared for a day of shooting, just did not want to do it. So says to says the director, wouldn't it be better if Indiana Jones just shot him and then got on with it. And, yeah. and they went, yeah, yeah, you know what? Good idea. So yeah. that that is actually an incredible story. I've not heard that before. And you know what? My day's better for you. And these are the great tidbits you get on a Queensland footy podcast. So the Brisbane Lions taking on North at Mount Barker Oval. Um, I, I, I see... I see the Lions like kicking away maybe late in the game, but North will take the fight up to them. And uh, the question I guess I really want to ask you is, what do the, okay? Let's say the Lions they win, season gets rolling. Yet, what do they need to do to actually like compound upon the good work that they did last week? Because we don't want to see them take their foot off the pedal. Like uh, they got a second chance by showing how good they were against Collingwood. They get hey, no, we are at maybe sitting eighth right now. Only two wins, two losses, mm. but we are a danger to the competition. How do, how do they show that tomorrow? Oh, sorry, Saturday. I think they just need to go out and get the job done. Uh, North. I think in the way that Clarkson will set up his team, they're not going to make it easy for the Lions. Lions have pretty much superior talent across every line on the ground. And 
further to your point, I think they will kick away later on in the game. But it's going to be cold. It's going to be wet and, and windy. And that's going to bring the two teams closer together, as it usually does in wet weather footy. Uh, I think the Lions just need to stay patient and not... And we've seen with the Lions on, a, on occasion, we saw it at the end of last year, where they can sometimes be baited by another team into being undisciplined. Yep. And, you know, especially if another team is overtly physical with them, they can they can lose their heads from time to time, which uh, I, I think North will probably try to do at some point and, and try and get under their skin. So the Lions just need to stay calm. And uh, and even if, you know, scores are pretty close at halftime, I fully expect them to kick away in the second half. And uh, it might be a 20, 30-point win, but the Lions will just do enough. And I feel like that's, that's the best that we can hope for. Uh, well, actually, the best we can hope for is that the Lions win by 80 points and, and really put their foot down. But I think if they have a solid performance, they crack in hard at the contest and they win by, you know, 20 to 30 points, I think that's a really good outcome. And then we roll on to next week. I'm very interested to see like, North Melbourne have a couple of balls in their midfield. And I'm mm. really impressed with what I'm seeing there. It's the typical build the Lions have actually struggled against. Very free-flowing, but a couple of big bodies. Yeah. Like, put a Cam Zohar in there. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, it will be a challenge out of the middle. So, uh, for me, this is a, a massive game for our mids. Just to stand up to that. This is uh, what better, no, most likely going to get the job done. What better opportunity than to really show you can take on a big body midfield and dominate them in there? Yeah, no, it's a great opportunity. Um, I think Lockie Neal will probably you know really dominate, uh, which we hopefully uh, hopefully will see. And um, I kind of feel that Will Ashcroft is going to have in the next few weeks. He's going to have a real breakout game uh, where you know he's been good, he's been very solid already, but he's going to have that. 35 touch Harry Sheasel type game where you go, ooh, okay, this, yeah, there's a reason why this kid went number one. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that's too far away. Uh, Harry, Harry Sheasel on the other end for North. How impressive has that kid well, he's been? been it's, he's um, been sensational. I have noticed, uh, I've noticed a few Melbourne journos and a few uh, commentators just referring to him as Cheezel now. I love it. Like all, all effort to say Sheasel has just gone out the window and go, you know what? It's more fun. Let's just call him Harry Cheezel. Yeah. Um, He's been fantastic. He smashed the record for most disposals in the first four matches of an AFL career. It's nuts. Nick, I know that he's four games into his career, and it's kind of similar to what Matt Rowe did in 2020. Do you tag him? It depends. If we well, Look, if the Lions want to practice playing a tagger, then yes. I, I mean, what what's there to lose here? Yeah, there, there is. I, I think as we saw... Uh, Dane Zorko trying to put the clamps on Nick Dacos and getting under his skin. As you said, Dacos had 38 touches, but, you know, he, he did bother him. Um, you heard uh, Zorko talk on um, our mate Will's podcast uh, yesterday saying that, yeah, they, they were actually able to get under his skin a little bit. So, look, I, I think this is what needs to be done, especially you, know, you, you don't love it because it's not, it's not not the spirit of the game, but when there is a young up-and-coming player, you do need someone to maybe, like a, a senior player, to put a hard tag on. And just remind them, hey, welcome to first grade. It, you're not going to, you've had it easy so far. I'm going to make life really challenging for you. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. Put a, put a tag on him. Just one, you, you've seen the numbers he's been racking up. You have to, mm. he's only going to get better and better without, like, unfortunately, Matt Rowell had a massive injury to slow him down. 
Yeah. If he's going at exponential pace here, he won't just fall off a cliff. He'll only get better. So, yeah, put someone on him. Hmm. All right, sorted then. No, done. Uh, I'll get that through. I'll get through to fakes. Don't worry, Nico. Who who is it a big week for at the Lions? At the Lions, uh, Charlie Cameron's certainly redeemed himself. Uh, Cameron, uh, actually, you know, it's Cam Rayner. It's Cam Rayner because I now want to see him back it up. Yeah. I don't want to see flashes in the pan from Cam Rayner. He's now oh, look. He won't go back to defence anymore. Well, He's proved why he is so good down forward. We said yeah. at the start of the year, you know, maybe it is a good move, but when you watch what he did to Collingwood last week, especially in that first term, if you love the Lions, you want to see more of that. So, But I, I need to see him do it in different conditions. I need to see him do it away from home. I need to see him do it in a scrappy game. I need to see him take the game by the scruff of the neck and go, yeah, this is my ball. This is, this is my field. I'm the number one draft pick. Watch what I can do. Yeah. Yeah, hundred so, percent. So yeah, yeah, massive for me to see Cam Rayner. Really, uh, it doesn't have to be thirty touches, but it just has to be stamp his authority upon the game. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? No, I like it. A uh, big tick. Uh, I think Cam. I, as we've talked uh, already on this podcast. He has all the tools to do it. Uh, we just need to see him do it consistently. But I, I, look, I'm fingers across for it. Because uh, we really do want to see him break out and be one of the, the real guns of the competition. And I'll finally just open up one more time, and this is for the entire gather round. Jack Fulham, who is it a big mm. who is it a big week for? For the entirety of gather round? Yep. It's a big week for the city of Adelaide. The Look, let's call a spade a spade. It's a blatant ripoff of Brisbane and the NRL's magic round. You know it is. <laughs> you know it is. it is. And... Look, I feel, and we've heard that all the hotels are all sold out. Actually, there was an Airbnb. The bullshit? Uh, in, no, there's a 16-person Airbnb, so like big house in Adelaide, that was going for Magic Ra- oh, for the Gather Round weekend for two nights, $28,000. Piss off. Which goes to show that the South Australians, uh, just like the rest of us, and they like to partake in the age-old ritual of price gouging. <laughs> uh, I thought they were still pounds and shillings, but... <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's a big weekend for Adelaide if they do this right and the turnout and the football product is fantastic I think that Gather Round will become a yearly thing and it won't stray too far away from the Adelaide Oval Oh, it's 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 pretty much locked in It's pretty much locked in, yeah. you'd have to say so Alright, well there we go uh, One final game very quickly, Jacko um, you make your return for the 2023 season when you run out uh, tomorrow tomorrow night for UQ fourth grade. How are you feeling? Yes, How are you feeling coming yes. to the game? The UQ red lines. Uh, look, I feel like a bloated sack of potatoes. Um, you know, like all sort of speed and fitness and physical ability left me a long time ago. And to be honest, I'm just going to be making up the numbers. And we, I've heard on the grapevine that we have been uh, given some new kits. Um, over the off-season. The committee have spent some money on the Div 4 team and I'm really hoping that they've got a 4XL <laughs> jumper in there because I have put on some spare tyres over the off-season. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I am worried. I've seen them. The medium was tight. But, oh but maybe maybe, uh, maybe I've been to, uh, to Bridgestone as well, so it's okay. Uh, yeah, so um, if you happen to be wandering by the uh, Nambour Recreation Reserve... <laughs> tomorrow night around eight o'clock and you have some vision problems and you see what you think is two 
rhinoceros rhinoceroses wrestling under a blanket. Rhinoceros. It's just my fat ass running, wandering around the ground. So don't, don't, don't be alarmed. No need to call Australia Zoo. Uh, it's, it's not just it's not, me. It's not far from there. It's not far from there. Uh, it isn't actually. You know, do they do night sessions at Australia Zoo? Oh, jeez, really that'd be good. That'd be fun. Oh, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, guys. So, nighttime yeah. safari. We've opened up the gates. No, yeah. <laughs> there is one big cat out here. Can you guess which one it is? Yeah, no, that would be great. Um, just have Bindi and Rob out there leading the tour. Um, <laughs> or maybe even you just have like a, you know, a, a, a disco zoo. Um, get a few DJs out there. No, because that would set off the That would set off the a terrible. Silent disco zoo. Oh, it's very considerate. Silent disco zoo, oh, yeah. I love it, Jack. We solve so many problems outside of football in this podcast. And that's what, that's what we're here for. Northern Exposure for another week. Oh. Oh. I didn't even get a chance to talk about uh, with the Lions their their ruck battle. Oh, they got a ruck battle. Well, I'm of the uh, understanding that Darcy Ford probably won't play again this week for Gather Round, and Joe will resume his uh, backup ruck duties where he excelled last week against the Pies. He was the highest possession getter on the ground at half time. Unbelievable. So he needs cute. Joe needs to get his hands on the footy early. I really I, liked I, it. I like, I like swinging him into the ruck. And his field kicking is quite reliable. Because he doesn't have to think about lining up for goal. It's that uh, yeah. it's just that field kicking versus goal kicking like conundrum where you can hit a target like pinpoint 40 metres away, but be 15 metres out from a goal face and mm. not know where it's going to go. And it was also that thing where with Joe up the ground playing in the ruck and Hipwood being the the tall forward roaming up the ground, you know, and he, he led quite hard up the ground. Gave so much space for Charlie Cameron and Cam Rayner, their two best one-on-one players, to work in a paddock of space. And we saw it just have some devastating effects. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I guess we need a bit more of a case study, but this actually could be the way forward for the Brisbane Lions um, as Joe becomes that backup ruck and shifts forward and, uh, which is sad because Darcy Ford had an amazing game in the VFL on uh, last weekend. Um, kicked three goals and you know had about eighty nine hitouts. He was outstanding. So it, it's tough on Darcy Ford, but I thought the Lions played a, a really good game with Joe as that backup ruckman. Can't wait to see what happens. Mm. Well, before we got anything else, nothing, nothing else before we wrap it up. I love how we talked about silent zoo discos before, you know, talking about the Lions Ruck Battle. Jesus, we've slipped on this podcast. Oh, I don't think we've slipped. I just think we're just exploring different areas. And yeah. Just, just playing in different positions, and that's okay. Do you, do you want to be pigeonholed as a shortcaster for 15 minutes once a week? No. You want more of a roaming role. We do, yes. Um, so, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and we're going to review that on the podcast on Tuesday. <laughs> And, uh, and see how it relates to the Brisbane fuck lot. It. <laughs> fuck it. We're going to go and do Harrison Ford's entire catalogue. Yeah, you know what? You're right. right. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know what? Because The Fugitive is also a fantastic movie. Um, I, let's it's it. a sad thing. I've never watched The Fugitive. I just know how to reference it. So many shows, All right. so many shows have referenced it. I don't know how to reference it. I, I, I've never actually watched it. I don't kill my yeah. wife. I don't care. See? Nailed, I don't care. Nailed it. <laughs> um. Okay, your homework for the weekend is to watch The Fugitive. Is there like a, is there like a KO Ford, mini version of it? There is not a KO mini Damn. version. Sit through the whole thing. You will not be disappointed. Harrison Ford, 
puts in a very solid shift as the the lead. The real star of that movie is Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones every is great. Scene he, is, he just owns he just owns every scene that he's in in that movie. US US Marshals as well. You love him and you hate him, but you just it's it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. But US Marshals is based off his character from the future. Oh, well, there we go. Well, I've rewatched US Marshals. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. But you know, I'm just going right. to watch that. All the best things about one of those YouTube compilations. You know, you know that's what I'm going to do. No, go and sit through. Actually, you know what? We know that Thursday is date night with your partner. Thank you. Watch the Fugitive. It's going to be a tough. Get rid of the get get rid of the salsa dancing I, I... and strap her in <laughs> for a gritty action thriller. All right. Well. You heard that, honey buns. That's that's what we're doing tonight. When, Clap. When when you're not liking, subscribing, and reviewing Northern Exposure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is that absolutely. It? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's it. We need, <laughs> we, need, we need to get uh, we need to get a hard end point. I know it's going to happen. I'm just going to hit the opener again. That's going to wrap us up. All right. Enjoy, no, hit, uh, hit the trumpet. Hit the trumpet. The trumpet's not trumpeting. This is a disaster. Uh, I'm getting out of this. <laughs> it's been Northern Exposure for another week.